This is the last episode of Puppeteer's Farm. Thank you so much for sticking with us, listeners. This project has been tons of fun. This is episode five, The Earth Demands. Last week, on my 35th birthday, I realized I was decomposing. I walked past a mirror that day and realized that my cheek had rotted open and my teeth were falling out. My eyes were glassy and my skin was being pulled apart by maggots. It was a shock. I think the shock might have caused a heart attack if my heart wasn't already done beating. At first I thought I must have been hallucinating. I went to the doctors and they told me there was nothing wrong with me. I know that there is. I know this is real. I can feel it. And when I came back to my apartment, I could smell it. The grave dirt. No matter where I tried to drive in the few days after, I would end up at a cemetery. So now, I'm here, in my living room, writing all of this down. I've stopped trying to leave the house. I'm a corpse. I should be in a cemetery, and the Earth knows that! How long have I been dead? How many times have I gone to bed a rotting corpse? How am I still walking? An answer to that last question comes easier than an answer to the other two. The answer, of course, lies at that damn farm with a lake and jewel zine. Because who else could it lie with? I want to see them. I need to see them. But that place is a bigger cemetery than any of the others. Is this how they felt? Jew and the others? This inherent sense of wrongness, of unbecoming and unbelonging, of knowing that you should be long gone, but for some reason you can still walk and talk and feel, even though each feeling feels recycled and every word tastes like rot and every step carries the weight of a headstone? How long have I been dead? When did I die? How did I die? I sure as hell don't remember dying. I can't do this anymore. This sitting around and questioning? I need to know. This place looks so different. It feels so empty. There's the mill. For some reason, I feel like if I go in, I'll find Max and June inside, eating pie that the Wagglers gave them. No, come on, MacArthur. Keep it together. They're dead. You're dead. Find Jules. Jules? Jules? Julezim, I need to speak with you! It's good to see you again. You haven't aged a day. Literally. What the hell? Don't worry, Holly. I'm being thoroughly punished for my actions. So what? You're immortal or something? Why do you always say things like that? What is that supposed to mean? Look, I take responsibility for what I did. I've had 15 years to think about what I did. 
okay? And I'm still suffering the consequences. I can't even leave the farm. You can. Do you even know? Know what? Tell me how long. How long? Don't play dumb. Both of us know what I'm asking. Holly. I said don't play dumb with me, Jules. I'm not some stupid 20-year-old with wide eyes that you can fool anymore. How long have I been dead? Do you remember the first day you came here? Yes. We told you not to do it. We told you not to touch the lake. I've been dead since the first day I came here? Yes. Why didn't you say something? Why didn't you tell me? It's not that simple. Nothing is that simple, Holly. You seem so calm about this, but this is my entire life we're talking about. It's been 15 years since that day. Why didn't you tell me earlier? Why didn't you- Because I owed it to you, Holly! What? I owed you, at the very least, the rest of your life after everything I did to everyone I loved. I owed you something. I owed you more than I had given you. I owed them more. So you lied to me? To help you get over your own guilt? God, have you ever been anything but selfish? Selfish, really? You're calling me selfish? Yes! You only make choices based on your own emotions! I was 18! What would you have had me do? I was barely an adult, barely not a child, and I've been an orphan all of my life, and I finally found somewhere safe, and it was ripped away from me, and now you have the gall to call me selfish! You were an adult! You were responsible for that choice! Oh hell, Holly, I know that! I'm not saying that I shouldn't have made a different choice. I should have. But I watched everyone I'd ever loved die on the ground in front of me after being brutally murdered. And I had about three seconds to decide how to save my own life and how to handle the dead bodies in front of me. And honestly, for me, it wasn't much of a choice. Would you do it again? No. After seeing what it put them through, no. I don't understand why you didn't tell me that first day. I'm sorry that I can't undo that choice. I really am. I'm sorry that it happened, and I know it was wrong, but... I know it was wrong. No buts. I know that I can make selfish choices. Can you honestly tell me that in your whole life you've never made a selfish choice? It doesn't make me a selfish person. I was scared, and I've always been scared, and I take responsibility for my choice to bring the others back. It was a selfish choice, and a choice I wouldn't make again. I had no idea what I was doing or what I was getting into, but I knew it would be bad. I knew it was hurting the people I loved, but it was too much at the time to admit on my own that I needed to stop. And then you came along. You... You had this look in your eyes, this gleam, and a tiny part of me thought maybe you could fix it. Everything I'd done, maybe you could undo it, maybe you could save us. And then you died. And I knew there was no chance, but... As I watched all the others go into the lake, I couldn't bear to do it to you, too. You had so much hope, and you thought you had so much of your life left. I owed you your life because you deserved it, but also, somehow, some way, I needed to thank you for what you'd done. I don't think I would have had the courage to do what needed to be done if you hadn't come along. I owed you your life, and I owed you my gratitude. I did the only thing I could have thought of doing. I let you live, even though you were dead. I should have known it wouldn't last. It's like Gray said. When you take something, the Earth demands something in return. An eye for an eye, huh? Something like that. What a weird way to tell someone thank you. Not telling them that you're secretly necromancing their lifeless corpse so they can work a nine-to-five and go home to their apartment. I didn't think about it like that. I didn't know what you were doing with your life. 
I'm an official paranormal investigator now. That's my night job. My day job is at Maverick. Official? People can hire me to cleanse their houses and things. Am I on your resume? <laughs> oh, come on, Jules. I think it's a fair question. You're not on my resume. You know, you deserve to live your life, too. Did I, though? Don't talk like that. I don't know. If the others didn't deserve to live their lives, did I really deserve to live mine? It doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem fair. Neither does you being trapped here, immortal. But here we are. You don't seem so angry anymore. I could never stay angry with you. I tried so hard to muster up some anger over the years, but I always remembered the look on your face when June told Max they were scared. You can't fake that kind of devastation. You looked like you were crumbling from within. I hate living here. I can't even walk around because the places left were their places. The Waggler's house, Gray's house, the mill, that rotting orchard. If Max saw how I've let his apples rot. I think I need to go, Jules. Maybe once I'm gone, your punishment will be over. No, no, Holly, I won't let you. Jules. I don't matter out there in the world. All I've ever done is hurt people. You help people. You helped my people. You helped me. But the earth demands- I know it does. It'll get what it demands. Are you suggesting- Maybe it means I can see them again. That's all I've ever wanted. Maybe Henrietta will run up to me. Or June will roll his eyes. Or Essie. Maybe Essie will forgive me. Don't do this. I think when I do, the little life I've got left in me will be yours. And you can do something with it, so do something with it, Holly. I don't want you to do this. Can you promise me something? Jules. Please. Okay. Don't let the world forget their names. Don't let them forget that Grey was a good person and she kept other good people safe. Don't let them forget that what he did was an injustice. I can do that. I promise. Thank you. Do you have to do this? I do. This is the only choice I've ever made that I don't feel guilty for. I hope you see them again. Maybe the Earth will be forgiving. Goodbye, Holly. <laughs> Addie? Hi, Jules. I can see myself in the tadpole pond. My skin. It's normal again. No maggots, no rot. It seems like Jules was enough of an eye for an eye. Essie's tadpoles, they're still alive. I think, I think I'll take a few. Here goes nothing. I became an official paranormal investigator 15 years ago. I was 20. My eyes were still bright. My soul was still curious. I still loved the world around me. 
My first ever case was what I call Puppeteer's Farm. Puppeteers Farm Podcast would like to acknowledge that we create our stories on stolen land. The land we occupy belongs to the Eastern Shoshone and Goshute peoples. This episode starred Aria Bunny as Holly MacArthur and Morgan Champagne as Jules Zine. It was sound designed by Seth Stone, written by Morgan Champagne, and produced by Seth Stone and Morgan Champagne. If you liked the show, you should check out our other show, Ritualistic. It's a horror audio drama about cults and archaeology, and it stars a few members of this show's cast. Thank you so much for listening. This show was a wonderful project to do, and we loved doing it with all the members of our cast and crew.